It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. To Brock. That's it. We're done. We got to figure it out. We got we got to put pen to paper and get the word to the song. I think you said Brock until the game is done. Yeah, there we go. Brock until the game is done. Yeah, Brock until the game is done. Purdy. Steady Brockin' Brock all <laughs> game long. Well, now you just, we begin okay, to we're on rock. A different no, I'm just saying, no, no, it's the same. Never mind. Never mind. It's. We try, I tried. I tried, Smalls. I got tried, you. I got you, you. Got, you got me. I got you. You got me. There's part one and part two. It's very simple. Okay. Yeah, well, it's, it's not it's, very simple. It's we, very simple. We will print out the lyrics we'll because we've got to get this right. We'll, we'll because work it out for you. He's not going I, anywhere. I wrote it, I thought, but nobody, nobody acknowledged it. I no, thought I wrote it. No, you had ChatGBT write it, and you no, said that No, no, that was Jerry. Jerry did that. Jerry did that. No, I did it differently. I okay. shortened it. Okay. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can watch us on ESPNU, all of our great ESPN stations across the country, ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and get us in the Dr. Pepper call in line at 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776, where you can weigh in on your unsportsmanlike moment of the weekend, as well as any team potentially that you think could beat the San Francisco 49ers. And dare we say that Brock Purdy should be the MVP favorite and front runner right now? Because last night they annihilated the Dallas Cowboys 42-10. Uh, excuse me. Brock Purdy, 17 of 24, 252, and four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. The San Francisco 49ers are legitimately good at everything. And their quarterback does not make mistakes. He is my favorite player in the NFL to watch right now. I know yours is Jalen Carter, the defensive lineman for the Eagles, right? He's right up there. And he was amazing yesterday. And there was one play where he basically (laughs) threw Matthew Stafford in that game um, against the Rams. But Brock Purdy, to me, is the quarterback now that has no preconceived notions when he gets to the line of scrimmage. Whoever's open is going to get the ball. He's going to make the right decision. He's going to be accurate in doing it. And, oh, by the way, their offensive line eats people. Their uh, running game is unbelievable. Their wide receivers are great. And they're unbelievably physical in their front seven. And they're good on specials. And they're well coached. Well, there are there are a couple of things in the NFL that are much-watched television, right? The Miami Dolphins offense, when they're rolling, that's much-watched television. Absolutely. The San Francisco 49ers are must-watch television. And Smalls, I can't figure whether I enjoy watching their defense or their offense more. I know. I, I don't know. They're, they're, they're both equally as good. Like, they're dominant. They're having fun out there. They're running flea flickers that they saw from the Detroit Lions-Carolina Panthers game earlier in the day. <laughs> like, George Kittle sends a text message to his head coach saying, hey, man, they're, they're running this play. You got to get me one because I can't have uh, Sam Laporta, another Iowa tight end, show me up. And lo and behold, they do it in the first half. The 49ers were playing with their food last night. The Dallas Cowboys posed no threat. After all week long hearing them chirping, whether it was Jerry Jones or Dak or Michael Parsons, Jonathan Hankins, talking about the importance of this game, the 49ers went out there very workmanlike and beat the brakes off of Dallas. The Dallas offense, six of their first seven drives, they weren't able to get a first down. They did nothing in that game. And then they came out in the second half, got a field goal, and then Dak proceeded to throw back to back to back interceptions. 
So in a game where we felt like the Cowboys quarterback had to be the difference, he was. It was just the difference for the 49ers getting the win instead of Dallas. And, and therein lies the rub. But just keeping the focus where it deserves to be, Brock Purdy is playing the quarterback position as well as anybody in the National Football League. We'll never give him his credit because of where he was drafted. Yep. And we'll never give him his credit because he doesn't have the dominant physical traits. But where he lacks in dominant physical attributes, he more than makes up for with the intangibles and his football acumen. This dude is an absolute baller. Some of the throws that he was making last night were absolute dime smalls, and we can't take credit away from this dude just because the team around him is very good. We keep trying to yeah, but Brock Purdy. Yeah, but he was drafted here. He's Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah, but the team around him and the scheme is so great. Yeah, but small sample size. Yeah, but I don't know. He's coming off the elbow. Let's see what's what's going to happen with him. He is proving us wrong every step of the way. We're, we've run out of yeah, buts with Brock Purdy. And the exercise, Evan, that you threw out there is what team do you think could beat the San Francisco? Francisco 49ers, right? The first team that came to mind was maybe the Miami Dolphins because the offense is so great. But don't you feel great about San Francisco's defense yes. <laughs> up against Miami? I feel offense? better about San Francisco's defense than the Bills' defense, and the Bills' defense dismantled the Dolphins' offense two Absolutely. weeks ago. Absolutely. When you look at them, there's no glaring weakness. Like, where are you going to exploit this team when you go head to head in any matchup that you're going to throw out there? I, I think they're the most dominant team in the NFL by far, and I don't know if there's a team out there that can beat them. Like, I don't, they'll have to beat themselves, I think. Yeah, I don't think there is. Is. And by the way, you say, you know, where he keeps proving people wrong. Not here. He keeps proving us right. I mean, we've said all along how good this guy was and Brock Purdy. We, we made a song that we don't fully know the lyrics, me included, <laughs> uh, about Brock Purdy. Like, he's proving us right. There is, outside of Mahomes and Reed, is there a quarterback that performs better underneath his coach's tutelage in the league right now, the combo, than Brock Purdy under Kyle Shanahan? I mean, Tua and McDaniel so far has been good, even though they're not undefeated. But they seem to be meshing well, but I would still put Purdy and Shanahan above them. I mean, Tua threw two interceptions yesterday. Tua's had a loss this year. Tua gets destroyed against Buffalo, you know, by 28 points. Tua's been awesome, don't get me wrong. By the way, Jalen Hurts and Nick, Nick Sirianni. I was about to say, yeah, the they've one. been rolling, yeah. And I like the way that they operate. They coach Jalen Hurts hard. There was a moment yesterday where J- uh, Jason Kelsey was kind of in their face back. Like, that team knows each other, they get each other, and they're not worried about what everybody else is going to say about each other. Okay, so fine. Let's put those two ahead of them. So the only two we're putting ahead of him are the two teams that were in the Super Bowl last year. Yep. And this is his second year in the NFL. He has never lost a game that he started from start to finish, and he doesn't throw interceptions. He's awesome. He, stop putting the caveats. It doesn't matter where he was drafted. It doesn't matter how much money he makes. It doesn't matter who his head coach is. He's awesome at what he does for a living. Let's just acknowledge it. I agree with you. And I know, no, I'm saying this show has. We are a Brock Purdy fan club on this show. But anyone out there that wants to put the caveats on it, stop. What more does this guy need to show? It's basically almost one or two games away from a full season. There's an argument they could have won the Super Bowl last year if he doesn't get hurt. Mm-hmm. They may beat the Eagles in that NFC Championship But, but game. Here's, here's the problem, Ev. We, we've seen what this team is with Jimmy Garoppolo as the quarterback. They've gotten to a Super Bowl. They've gotten to multiple conference championship games. So that's working against Brock Purdy in terms of it being plug-and-play for Kyle Shanahan. Now, to those detractors, I would say, look at what happened with Trey Lance. Yeah. Like, like, just like we can't make it work with a guy that we invested three first-round draft picks in. So there's got to be something to what Brock is doing. So we got to give this dude credit where credit is due. And here's a few numbers just to put it into context. Brock Purdy has won his first 10 starts in the regular season. 
There have only been four quarterbacks since 1950 to do that in the NFL. There's only one quarterback that has a longer win streak to start their career. That's Ben Roethlisberger. That's how good Brock Purdy is. This season, he's completing 72% of his passes of 10 or more yards downfield. That's the best completion percentage for a quarterback through his team's first five games on such throws since they started tracking the stat. Wow. Last night, this dude was 4-6 on third downs passing, 80 yards and a touchdown. In the red zone, 6-6, six six, 55 yards and three touchdowns. So when it comes to making big boy throws down the field, he can do it. When it comes to situational awareness and being able to execute on third down red zone, critical phases of offense, he's good at it. There's nothing when it comes to the quarterback position that Brock Purdy has proven not to be good at. So just because he doesn't have the best arm in the NFL, does it really matter? No. It doesn't matter. And so when you ask the question, is there another team that you think can beat the San Francisco 49ers? I would say there are teams that have the potential. But if they line up today, I don't see it happening. I think the Eagles have the potential to do it down the road because they're ascending. I think the Kansas City Chiefs, when those young receivers get on the same page with Pat Mahomes, they'll be one of those teams that could actually do it. But it's a short list. I mean, we're talking about a no, handful. that's the list. It might, it, we're, exactly. We're talking about a handful of teams, and it might not be that many. By the way, I That's how say, good the 49ers are. CeCe, you brought up the only quarterback that had more in terms of start to their career in terms of victories is Roethlisberger. Go look back. Roethlisberger, that year they were 15-1. and one. He was not great that year. He just was good enough for them not to lose. Brock, this is going to sound like blasphemy here because Roethlisberger is a first ballot Hall of Famer. Brock Purdy is significantly better now through his first 10 to 15 games than Roethlisberger was. Yep. Like significantly better. There are not many quarterbacks in the league that are doing what he's doing, which is just simply, I'm not going to make mistakes. I'm going to throw it to the guy that's open at all times, and I don't care who it is. There was a point, you know, again, we're doing the Brady comparison only because of where they're drafted, how little they're making early, and how much their team is winning. We're not saying that he's Tom Brady, right? But if you look, but the only reason we're not saying he's Tom Brady is because it's such a small sample size. Right. We've seen Brady over 23 years. We've seen Brock, what, 10 starts in the regular season? Yeah, over yeah. two years, right? Not yeah, even a full yeah, season. They're right? Not even yeah. a full season. So right. that's the only reason that we're pumping the brakes on the Brady conversation. But that's it. But here's what he's doing that's similar to Brady. So if you actually look back at Brady's career, when Randy Moss was there, it was the greatest offense they ever played with, ESPN's own Sunday NFL countdown. They didn't win a Super Bowl that year. I always thought Brady was <laughs> at his best, as if I needed to remind, her, remind the Giants over here. Um, <laughs> Brady was always at his best when he didn't have a number one guy. When you would have no idea where he was going. Like, they brought in Ocho Cinco. He wasn't great. Moss was unbelievable, but they never got over that hump. Well, they, they, they threw 50 touchdowns that year. I know. And they didn't win a Super Bowl. And they, I thought, I always thought Brady was most dangerous. Pretty good for me. No, but, but right? he was, he's always most dangerous when you have no idea where the ball is going to go. And I think when Brock Purdy drops back, you know the ball is going to go to the open guy. He's not sitting there saying, I have to get it to Justin Jefferson. I have to get it to Jamar Chase, who had 15 catches. was unbelievable yesterday for the Bengals. But he doesn't have that preconceived notion. He just drops back, knows what everybody's going to do, and throws it to whoever is open. We've seen so many quarterbacks over the course of time rely on the one guy, force it in there. He's awesome. No caveats. He is that good right now. And there may not be, outside of Mahomes and Hurts, a quarterback-coach combination better than Purdy and Shanahan right now. Well, if today is confirmation bias day, right? Like, if if Purdy is proving himself to be who we thought he was, can't we say the same thing about Dak? 
And we will say that coming up because we have to get into the Cowboys conversation, including some unbelievable audio from the great Stephen A. Smith. We will get to that. Plus, Travis Kelsey got hurt yesterday. The Swifties may be able to change an NFL rule. <laughs> Plus, we got the Hackett Bowl and your phone calls at 888-SAY-ESPN. It's part of the Dr. Pepper call-in line. But when Stephen A. speaks, we listen. We'll get to that next on the Cowboys on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike here on ESPN Radio. Presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Michelle Smallman, Chris Canty, Evan Cohen with you. And we are brought to you by Beacon. The Beacon Pro Plus app helps roofers get things done from anywhere. Beacon always building. By the way, quick update here. It looks like a minor ankle injury for Travis Kelsey gets hurt yesterday um, for the Kansas City Chiefs against the Minnesota Vikings. No Taylor Swift in the building yesterday. uh, But the Swifties may end up changing NFL rules if they complain about the... um, the turf, I guess. But yeah. if, if I were the Chiefs, and we're going to get to the Cowboys and Stephen A. in a second here, but if I'm the Chiefs, I'm holding him out Thursday night against the Broncos. You're winning that game without him. Give him extra time to rest, no? No, I'm not holding him out. No? No, Travis Kelsey's out there. He's got to be out there. Because he dictates the coverage that the Chiefs see. And with all the attention on him, creates one-on-one opportunities for those young receivers. If you take him off the field, there's no safety blanket. There's no, uh, there's no outlet for Pat Mahomes. I just think that that's a dicey place for Kansas City to be in on a short week. I, I get it. The Denver Broncos are a team that's only got one win through the first five games of the season. But the Broncos historically always play Kansas City tough. And I don't think that's a game where – Andy Reid and Pat Mahomes are thinking they're going to roll their helmet out there and get a win. And he was able to come back and be a key factor in yeah. the game. I understand what you're saying, protect your asset long term, but he's going to want to be out there. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, Cowboys yesterday get destroyed, or last night get destroyed, by the San Francisco 49ers, 42-10. to 10. And Stephen A. Smith, first take, of course, 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN. 
loves when the Cowboys lose. Take a listen. (laughs) I was making this video after it was proven that I was right when I said Dak Prescott was going to throw two interceptions. And guess what? Before I had a chance to finish the video, damn it, before I had a chance to pass gas, it was three. <laughs> I love the pass gas line. <laughs> he just likes to slip that in there. You love the line? <laughs> I love that. You don't like that line? I think that's a funny line. I think the entire thing is funny. Oh, I, I know, but that's my highlight. Is hilarious. But the Cowboys just keep proving Stephen A. Smith right. Like, th- how long has this bit gone on with him? Years? Years. And, and they keep proving him Years. right. Years, Smalls. I mean, it's, it's, nothing has changed. Why would we have any belief that things would be different once this version of the Dallas Cowboys gets into the postseason? Why would we think things are going to be different? I mean, the, the problems that have plagued the Dallas Cowboys, turnovers at the most inopportune times, the penalties, and then being – you know, out-muscled or losing the physical battle to your opponents. We checked every single one of them boxes last night, and they checked every single one of those boxes in the divisional round loss in the same stadium in the playoffs last year. I, I just I don't understand why we would think it would be any different in a game where it was clear, where it was obvious that Dak Prescott was going to have to be a difference maker, going to have to be a force multiplier in order for the Cowboys to get a win. He came up small. I mean, think about this. The guy threw three interceptions on back-to-back-to-back possessions. That's the thing that makes it worse. Like, you get a field goal, get points, first drive of the second half, great. We got some momentum. Then you come back and throw not one, not two, but three interceptions? At some point, it starts to feel like a broken record. It's 39 39 turnovers over the last 30, what, six games? At some point, something about that has to stop. And until it does, until it changes, we're not going to be able to take the Cowboys seriously as contenders. Absolutely not. And they were so vocal about this game leading up to this game. They they did not shy away from this the importance of this game. Yep. What did Dak Prescott say in the offseason? I'm going to be more accurate. The turnovers aren't going to happen. Well, haven't seen that. What did they say leading up to this game? This is a measuring stick. We are going to prove that we're different. The, the San Francisco 49ers have plagued us in the playoffs the past couple years. This is our opportunity to show that not only have we changed, but that we're right with them in the class of the NFL. And what did the 49ers do? They absolutely destroyed them. They took that stick and said, whatever you're measuring us by, we're going to smack you with the stick. It was not even close last night. It was just very much apparent, the talent disparity between the two teams. And uh, the San Francisco 49ers not only beat them in coaching, they out-physicaled them. It was just, it wasn't even close. And if I'm Dallas this morning, I'm waking up and I have a lot of questions about my team and about my quarterback. All right, I want to run through something quickly here in terms of the DAC quarterback rankings, because we throw out there, CC and I are both big supporters of Dak in terms of like, ah, top 10, top 15, whatever, or top 12, I think we said. Yeah, he's top 10 in QBR right now. I said top 10 to 12, yeah. So let's do this based on how they're playing this year slash would you want them this year or Dak, right? Josh Allen. Ooh, I'd take Allen. I'd take okay. Josh Allen too. Tua, you would take over him, I'm uh-huh. sure. Yep. Lamar? Yeah. Ooh, it, it wasn't great yesterday, but he had seven drops from his receivers. Yeah, I'd take Lamar. Okay. Um, Deshaun Watson? No. No. Joe Burrow? I would take yeah. Joe Burrow for yeah. sure. Joe yeah. Burrow after, looked great after, yesterday. After Easy. yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. Your whole thing was 
that guy's not Joe Burrow for the first however many it got games. Cl- it got closer to yeah, looking I mean, like Joe Burrow. And Jamar Chase is right. He is always open, yeah, by just the throw, way. Just throw, just throw the, the ball. Number one, good throw things the happen. Ball. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. Yes. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Trevor Lawrence looked like Trevor Lawrence yesterday. Yeah. So that's five right there. Obviously, Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Herbert. Yes. Okay, so that's seven now. Uh, Jalen Hurts. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'm a, Kirk Cousins. Mm. They're right there. They're right there. I don't think so. so I, it's not obvious. And then obviously nobody. Oh, Jared Goff? Yes. I would take Goff. Okay, yeah. yeah. Jared Goff's had a great season. Yeah, so Jared Goff's looking like so they're more open. We're at, open nine, the, we're at, we're at nine. nine. We're at nine guys that we would say based on this year's play and for the rest of the season. Not historically. Just this year's play and the rest of the season. I'm assuming nobody in the NFC South, right? No. Right. Okay. Um, obviously Purdy. Oh, yeah. It's 10. Yeah. Stafford has had a very good season. He's won a Super Bowl. I'd take him. No, but I'm saying just based oh, on just this year. St- I'd still take him. I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah, he's yeah. playing better. He's playing uh, better. Yeah, Geno Smith is playing better than than Dak. <laughs> That's right. That's another one of those right there. Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith, Dak Prescott. It's in that. So it's he's twelve that, to fifteen. It's in that group. But yeah. my point is, you're paying him. To be top five. To be better than that. Right. Right. And that's the issue with Dak Prescott. And guess what? After this year, you're faced with having to pay him more money because he's got a $60 million cap hit in 2024. No way the Cowboys are going to go into their roster construction next offseason and have their quarterback take up that much of the salary cap. So either you're going to pay him to lower the salary cap hit or you're going to trade him. Based on what I've seen last night, based on what I've seen the last two postseasons, I don't know how you're not having the conversation of potentially moving from Dak Prescott and trading him given what it's going to cost to re-sign him. There's no world in which Dak Prescott is going to take a below-market deal, right? No, we no. know the way this guy negotiates. I mean, Jerry lost everything but his shirt in the negotiations. Dak negotiated a contract that paid him $75 million in year one of, an, of, a, of a deal. So I just it's it, this is not going to be a negotiation that's going to be friendly. This is going to be contentious, and based on the play that we're getting from Dak Prescott – I think it has to be on the table that the Dallas Cowboys could potentially move off from him. Mike in South Carolina, listening on 98.7 in South Carolina, joins us on the Dr. Pepper call in line. What's up, Mike? Hey, guys. How y'all doing? What's up, Mike? How y'all doing, guys? Still doing well. What's going on? Hey, CC. a couple weeks ago, CC said the Dallas Cowboys will never make the playoffs this year. He is halfway right. I'm a Cowboy fan. Been one since 1965. But Zach Prescott and the head coach is not the only problem with Dallas. The Dallas Cowboy problem is Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones for 26 years. Nobody ever talks about Jerry needs to step aside. Jerry Jones cannot build a winning team. He can't. 26 years and you still coming up short? It's time for Jerry Jones to hand that ring to somebody else. Well, it's an interesting call, and thank you for it. Here's the weird thing about Jerry Jones. We always say, well, Jerry Jones, it's ridiculous that he's the owner and the GM. He's got a weekly radio show. This is weird. That Yet you look at the roster and you look at the talent. If he's the GM, they've done a pretty good job of accumulating talent. But there's something about Jerry Jones that leads to every week this team being an absolute circus. Well, Jerry wants a ton of credit, right? That's why he moved off of Jimmy Johnson as his head coach after they won a couple of Super Bowls together. He wants to be viewed as 
the reason why the Cowboys have success at the highest level of the sport. That's why he moved off of Bill Parcells after four or five seasons. Like It became obvious that Jerry was going to insert himself in football decisions. Now, I'm not going to give him more credit than he deserves because Will McClay, their senior personnel director, he does a phenomenal job of buying the groceries. He's the guy that's, that's going out there and scouting and finding the players that they need to add on this team. And Jerry has the GM title, but it's Will McClay's fingerprints all over this roster. That being said... When it comes to making certain decisions about who to pay and when to pay them, that's all on Jerry. Uh-huh. And it, it, it hasn't necessarily worked out in terms of some of those consequential moves that basically dictate the fate of the franchise for the foreseeable future. There's a common denominator in their 27-year conference championship game drought. It ain't the quarterback. It ain't the head coach. It is the owner. There's a reason why the Cowboys are right there with the Commanders, with the Lions, with the Dolphins, uh, with the Browns for the longest conference championship game drought in the NFL running. It has to be Jerry Jones. But you're not getting rid of the owner. So what are the decisions that the Dallas Cowboys can make to move it forward? I think the biggest decision they're faced with is the quarterback, and right behind that is going to be the head coach, based on how this year unfolds. I don't think that we absolve Jerry of, of any blame. I think we just acknowledge that he is the single most powerful person in the NFL with a Texas size ego. There's no way that he is going to acquiesce power to anybody. Yes, maybe he's brought in some other people that he thinks can be the brains behind the operation, but we know Jerry's not going to say, hey, maybe I'm the common denominator here, and I'm going to just give the reins to, to everybody else. There's no chance that's happening. But the the weird thing is if you have this exact team and you place them in Kansas City with the same coach, same quarterback, but that ownership group and it's quiet, who knows what the success is, right? I'm saying that part of this is the circus that's created around Jerry Jones, but there has to be an acknowledgement that the actual people on the field are pretty damn good. They just always have something else going on with that franchise. Coming up, all the small things next. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. This is the Unsportsmanlike Podcast on ESPN Radio. Yes, it is time for all the small things here on Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, along with Chris Canty, Michelle Smallman, Evan Cohen with you. 
Smalls gives us all the small things from the weekend. Go ahead, Smalls. I don't know if we got to start off with the weekend or what just happened in the I break. I know. Right, we got to bring it up, Evan. I'm sorry. This is going to be back-to-back tough conversations for you because I'm, I'm I have a, a Belichick nugget after this. But in the break, <laughs> Evan called another man thick. And yeah. then we had the debate, can a, can a man call another man thick? Why not? Hey, yo, indeed. Why not? No, no. We got to provide the proper context. Ahead, so it's ahead. not just that he called another man thick. He said he is thick. Thick, squeeze like in the, his eyes. The toe, thick. yeah, thick, and it was like there was a little, was a little hand action too. It's just, I don't know. It got, it got us a little uncomfortable in the studio. Emphasis I, on I for one, thick. I for one, am not comfortable referring to another man as thick. More power to those that do, but yeah. I just don't think, I just don't think that that's something another grown man should be doing is referring to another man as oh, he's thick. <laughs> It just, yeah, it just, I'm it, comfortable. It, I'm it, good. Okay, all right. I'm good. I just, I feel like we got to put a poll up. Yeah, we do. I mean, yeah, because I mean, you know, just the reference. Fine by me. The reference to Ish Rainwright from the Phoenix Suns. Well, okay, wait, not sure hold, that very many people are familiar with thick. his work. Well, no, 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 no hold on. We, yes, he was the guy. But basically, what we were saying was the guys that play basketball and football. Sure. I don't even know how we got to that conversation. Talking about Antonio Gates and Tony Gonzalez. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't know how we, Where did we, we start got on well, that I, one either. Somehow I brought up DK Metcalf without a shirt on. It was the Pat oh. McAfee deal. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no, no. Okay, you brought up DK Metcalf saying he was ripped. I brought up a story about Chris Chambers, University of Wisconsin, who was as jacked as could be. And I was like, oh, people forget he played basketball and football. McNabb. And then we just started randomly listening guys that yeah. did that. Yeah, I don't care. I'll say another guy's handsome, another guy's thick. I don't care. No, I don't have a problem saying another man's handsome. There's nothing wrong with saying another man is handsome. There is something wrong with saying that man is thick. And and closing your eyes and clenching your fists when you say it. (laughs) There is something wrong with that. Nothing wrong. There is something wrong with that. Comfortable. I don't think think the majority of America would agree with you on that one. That's just me. America, let us know. How do you feel about it, Smalls? You know, he really did lean into the K. There was like an emphasis on the thick. Yeah, with the eyes closed, the eyes closed too. Like he was, there was, there was imagery there. He was, he was envisioning Ish Wainwright. We were in his brain. Yeah, exactly. Shout out to Ish Wainwright. We've mentioned his Absolutely. name three times. On the I am show. envisioning that. What are you? Up to? I didn't I have that on the bingo card. Okay, well, envision this. Envision me being like that. She's got, she's got something else. Yeah, yeah. Envision this. I'm okay. trying to transition out. Like, let, let me help you. Help me help you get I'm, off of I'm this. I don't know if this is going to help him with this conversation though. Okay. Well, this isn't going to be something he's going to like either. We keep talking about Bill, Bill Belichick chasing. Shula for the all-time wins. You guys, he's closer to the all-time losses record. Dan Reeves holds Ooh. it with 165. Dan Reeves, 191, 65, and 2. With that loss yesterday, Belichick's at 155. Ooh. And he's closer to being the coach, and I know it's a compliment to him, Major. to even be in the conversation for both because it illustrates the longevity of his career. But I just keep thinking about him, you know, and I know getting into the mind of Bill Belichick is a fool's errand because you never know what this man is really thinking. But I just keep thinking if he reaches the all-time losses mark and not the all-time wins mark, I can't see him hanging it up. He's going to try to be a head coach until he gets to Shula's record. It's a major compliment what you just gave him. I know you were trying to do it maybe as a shot at him, but every single year in Major League Baseball, in the National League and American League, they award someone with the Cy Young for the best pitcher in the league that year. Cy Young is somebody that leads Major League Baseball, if I'm not mistaken, all-time in wins and losses. It just means you're good enough to accumulate a lot. And that's what Belichick is. The all-time loss leader is a compliment, not an insult. But do you think that he would want one without the other? 
Because Cy I, Young has both. But yeah, there's one that he can get this season. The other one, not so much. Correct. But yeah. again, you're thinking <laughs> about 11 it. 11 losses if, away? Yeah. That could happen this year. I just don't buy that he thinks that way. I, I think he thinks, you know, he said that the changes need to happen, et cetera, et cetera. They need to restart this thing. I think he's thinking about how to restart this, which I have no idea how they're going to do that. Because when the problem is primarily the quarterback, how do you restart it without another quarterback unless they trade for someone today? Well, speaking of quarterbacks and franchises that restarted with quarterbacks, I want to use this opportunity to give a shout-out to C.J. Stroud, who has looked like that guy in Houston so far this season. He set an NFL record by starting his career with 177 pass attempts, no interceptions. C.J. Stroud looks legit, guys. So here's the question on C.J. Stroud, because we've seen this in some in all sports, where the best rookie is not always the best player long-term, that they are just most ready to come into the league with the lowest ceiling let's say is he a most ready low ceiling or is he a most ready high ceiling no he's a most ready and high ceiling all you got to do is turn on the tape and look at the college football playoff last year going up against georgia like including a lot of guys that play on sundays nolan smith and jalen carter on that defensive line birth first round draft picks he was that dude and he came a missed field goal away from beating georgia and getting to the title game Yesterday leads a big boy drive at the end of the game. I think it's less than seven minutes to go. The length of the field, a perfect three for three, including a touchdown pass for the go-ahead points to Dalton Schultz. Now it just so happens that on the other side of that, the Atlanta Falcons get the ball and they set up a field goal in plus territory. They end up winning the game on a walk-off field goal. But C.J. Stroud gave his chance to win a game. C.J. Stroud quarterbacks a top ten offense in the National Football League through the first five games. Like, there's nothing that we've seen to make us think that he's not going to be an outstanding young quarterback. And I think the kicker is that the Houston Texans actually have a chance to compete in their division. Now, I don't think they'll win the AFC South, but I think they'll make some noise in terms of being one of those teams that set themselves up to take a huge leap from year one with their rookie quarterback to year two with D'Amico Ryans and C.J. So I, I like the direction that the franchise is pointed in. It was an absolute dumpster fire the last few years with the Deshaun Watson mm-hmm. cloud hanging over them. They have turned the page quietly, and we're not being loud enough about the praise that D'Amico Ryans and C.J. Stroud deserve. You know, it's interesting because both C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young, in a roundabout way, have to be good enough for two first-round picks. And what I mean by that is the Panthers traded away next year's pick to get Bryce Young. So in essence, he represents two first-rounders. So far, gray area, right? C.J. Stroud, they traded away next year's first-rounder with Arizona to have Stroud and Will Anderson, the linebacker. Stroud looks good enough for two first-rounders. Like, you would give two first-rounders to get a young quarterback that can do what he's doing and he's way ahead of everybody else right now. And Anthony Richardson, by the way, the other rookie, unfortunately, per reports, because that shoulder injury could be on anywhere from three to six weeks uh, now. Tough blow. All right, I want to end with, quickly, some baseball. It pains me to have to talk about this because I love greatness in baseball specifically, and Clayton Kershaw is great. But my goodness, the postseason struggles of this man. So last two months, <laughs> regular season, he was dealing with that tender shoulder, left shoulder, but he was great. 2.23 ERA and eight starts heading into the postseason, heading into Game one of the NLDS, the the Dodgers certainly need him to set the tone. He says he felt great. The pitching was anything but, guys. Kershaw became the first playoff pitcher in Major League Baseball history to allow five runs and five hits before recording an out. He didn't finish the first inning for the first time in 454 career starts. The Dodgers lost 11-2 to the D-backs. And listen to Clayton Kershaw's postseason ERA. It jumped up to four. 
4.49 and 194 innings. His regular season ERA, 2.48. It's outrageous the struggles that this guy's had in the postseason. And going into that game, he was asked about pitching on a Saturday in the fall. And listen to what Kershaw had to say. Yeah, it really messes up my college football watching. But, uh, you know, I think, I, think it'll be, I think it'll be fine. Well, what's interesting is he did have more time to actually watch college football because he didn't even finish an inning. So you got to wonder if he got in the end of the Oklahoma, Texas, maybe a little USC on uh, on Saturday night. Kershaw had more time on his hands. Yeah, the one thing I would say is the D-backs didn't allow Kershaw to get ahead in counts. They were first pitch swinging, and that's not something that's typical when you start talking about playoff ABEs. But that's what they did, and that approach served them well because they were able to get him knocked out with only recording one out while he was forced to throw 35 pitches. It's incredible what they were able to do. I did not have – the Diamondbacks giving Kershaw and the Dodgers that much trouble in the division series. I just didn't see it. But could you ever imagine, like, hey, you guys are playing on a random day. You're playing on a Tuesday instead of, a, you know, whatever the day is. And you say, you know, it's, it's tricky because I was going to watch the NBA tonight. Like, he literally said it's going to throw me off, throw off my college that, football That's the watching. only thing he can do is deflect after no, that having that. No, that was before. That was before. And I know he was trying to be tongue-in-cheek and make a joke, but when you've had the postseason struggles that you've had, maybe don't say that. But they won it all. So You're it's, right. To me, You're right. You're but, right. But they did it in a pandemic season when talent rose yeah, to the top. Yeah, exactly. I get exactly. it. I'm, well, I'm not discounting it. I'm with you on that one, Because Smalls. they won. But yeah, let's exactly. look at those teams that won in that, in that truncated season yeah. across the board, the Lakers, the Dodgers. It was all the teams with the best talent. And normally, there's that war of attrition. Are those championships forever and always going to have an asterisk? Without a doubt, no way. They absolutely should not. I think so. And I'm not. I'm an MJ over LeBron every day of the week. So you're telling me when all you could do is, in this case, play basketball, and everyone is on an equal playing field, and all you're doing is playing basketball and working for it. It's surprising that LeBron James won it all. He deserves more credit for that. That's the best championship. But they had three months off. I guess that's but, the point. But they all had three months off. Yeah, they think, all had three months uh, off. Okay, you can right. make an argument either way because they were put into unprecedented circumstances and had to adapt, but I don't know. It's easier to win when you're healthy. Phillies, Braves, Diamondbacks, Dodgers, the NL matchups today all heard on ESPN Radio, of course. Coming up, are we ever going to be done doubting Mike Tomlin? We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. It is Unsportsmanlike on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. You can watch us on ESPNU. Listen to us all across the country on all the great ESPN stations, Sirius XM Channel 80, and the ESPN app. 
Well, what do you know? Mike Tomlin found a way to win again yesterday. Uh, it's unbelievable. Did he, find, did he find a way to win, or did the Ravens find a way to lose? Doesn't they matter. Did, they dropped their uh, victory. They, they literally <laughs> they and figuratively dropped, dropped the ball. Literally and figuratively. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, what a surprise. Nelson Aguilar dropped the ball. Go look, ask people in <laughs> He Philly. wasn't the only one. He oh, had seven drops. I Zay know. Flowers dropped one that hit him in his hands early on in the red zone. Then he actually tripped over himself when he was trying to look back on a deep pass that Lamar put on the money. He tripped over himself going to catch the going to catch the football. How often do we see wide receivers do that in the NFL? Never. Two well, drops in the end zone. That, that's my point. Then they had the block punt. Then Lamar has the strip sack at the end. It was just awful. I mean, listen, yeah. I'm not objective in this because I'm always rooting for the Ravens, especially in the best rivalry the NFL has to offer. This is a really special game. To watch them lose in the way that they did – so, so frustrating. Well, it's interesting because they lose 17-10, and the way in which you get to the points in this game is fascinating. Pittsburgh had three field goals, a safety, and a touchdown, just the obvious day out. <laughs> you know, one of the things that's bugged me about the Ravens this year, and I'm a fan of Lamar's, is everybody was so excited about Greg Roman, their offensive coordinator, not being there, and then having a change of scenery in essence as the offensive coordinator with Todd Munkin. Todd Munkin comes over. He was the offensive coordinator at Georgia, where he had NFL players on a college football team. Todd Munkin previously was not a good NFL offensive coordinator, and everybody made it out to be like, oh, we got him. We got him. Well, he wasn't good in the NFL. But again, let's go back to the matter at hand here. When are we going to stop doubting this guy? Mike Tomlin is not to be doubted. He is one of these people in sports and in life that the moment you think, oh, Mike Tomlin may lose his team, we sat here and we were reacting to sound last week about the idea, could the Steelers potentially ever think about moving on from Mike Tomlin? That is the dumbest thought ever, and I'm not saying anybody was reporting that or even suggesting it could happen. This guy is an elite first ballot Hall of Fame coach who's never had a losing record in his entire NFL career, and he's not about to have one this year with a team that nobody would look at and say, boy, that's a really talented, great football team. They're in first place. I know it's five games, but Mike Tomlin is phenomenal. Stop doubting him ever anymore. Enough. So you're saying any matchup, you're going to just go ahead and pick the Steelers because of Mike Tomlin. That's not what I just said. <laughs> what, I, what I'm saying Well, you're saying don't doubt him. Yeah, when he's exactly. the underdog, he's having success. Yeah, when he's the underdog, he wins right, games. Right, so, so, But we sat here and talked about the idea, <laughs> could he be replaced in Pittsburgh? For who? Who in, who in the world could be better as a head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2023 and beyond than Mike Tomlin? And if you don't want him Pittsburgh... I'll take him in New England if all of a sudden Belichick is not there who I want there. But this is ridiculous. This guy is elite. Every year he finds a way of, of winning. And Kenny Pickett looked like a big-time quarterback on that final drive after coming off injured, at least finding a way to win. Why do you give me the look? Man, he just threw it up to George Pickens because it was one-on-one. I, I, there was no safety, Ev. Like, that's about as easy and as low risk of a proposition that you're going to get with throwing a football in the NFL. Like I just I I'm not gonna sit here and wax poetic about Kenny Pickett. I'm not gonna say he looks like a big time quarterback. If there's any reason to doubt whether or not Mike Tomlin can be over 500 this year, it's because of the damn quarterback. I I don't know that Kenny Pickett is the long term solution in Pittsburgh. There are more questions than answers, especially after that that abysmal performance that he had. I mean, because outside of that throw to Pickens, there wasn't a whole lot to write home about with that offense. It was the defense. It was the special teams that gave them opportunities. And for the life of me, I don't understand why John Harbaugh doesn't kick the field goal in the red zone in the first half as opposed to trying to go for it on fourth or two. Made no sense in the situation. 
This, the only way the Steelers can win that game is if you lose the game. We saw it happen on Monday Night Football with the Browns, where Deshaun Watson gave the game to the Steelers. The same thing happened yesterday with Lamar. The sack fumble at the end of the game, the interception that he threw right after their special teams got a turnover. I think uh, Moon was the one that punched it out on a punt returner. They gifted the Ravens offense the ball in the red zone, and then Lamar f- turns around and throws a pick. Those types of things can't happen. So I get it. We want to wax poetic about Mike Tomlin. But to me, in watching that game, it was far more about the Baltimore Ravens and how they lost more so than how the Steelers won. I don't look at the Steelers as a playoff team this year. The Baltimore Baltimore Ravens have an opportunity to actually win that division and be a playoff team. I get that they're in first place. It's early on in the season. But based on what I've seen from the Steelers and what I've seen from the Ravens, I think there's more potential on the season that the Ravens can put together than what the Steelers can do. I mean, I would hope so. One is Lamar Jackson and one doesn't. I mean, that's that's how I would look at but it. But that's my point. So, so I don't understand why the you're fact that the, the fact that the Steelers are even in the conversation right now is unbelievable. Based on the talent, they should be in last place in this division. They should be. Based on the talent on the team, they should be in last place. Cleveland has more talent. Baltimore has more talent. And Cincinnati has more talent. They should be in last place. And they're in first. Five games in. And Do you think they're going to be in first at the end of the season? I'm not writing them off. No, no, I'm not uh, saying no, no, no. I'm asking you a yes or no question. I would say no, but okay. I think they're going to well, be in the what, That's my point. Then. What are we talking about? There's I think no they're going to be a playoff team. <laughs> Why can't they be a playoff team? They can't be? Okay. I think they can be. Mike, I, Mike Tomlin's outstanding, but the, the Ravens beat the Ravens yesterday. The Steelers, the Steelers my, didn't my, beat the Ravens yesterday. Just like when the Ravens lost to the Colts. They beat themselves, and that's <laughs> – that's uncharacteristic for John Harbaugh coach teams. Like, that's not something that we see. And so it's a little bit uncomfortable to watch and some of the miscues that we have from the offense. But at the same time, we shouldn't be surprised. This is a brand-new scheme, and they didn't have a chance to test drive it in the preseason. This is the first go-round with a lot of new characters on the cast that Lamar has to work with. So, again, I think they're workshopping it. They will, they will find – water always finds its level. Lamar is good enough. Well, he'll figure it out. I, I just I – just, I, I don't know if the Baltimore Ravens can get where they want to go if they keep giving away football games the way we've seen them do over the last two or three ball games. If you look at the Steelers now, at the Rams, home against the Jaguars, home against the Titans, home against the Packers, at the Browns. I mean, there's some winnable games in there. There are definitely no some doubt. winnable games in there. And I think when you look at the Steelers, the fact that they could even be hovering over winning the division is an unbelievable compliment, in my mind, to Mike Tomlin. All right, coming up. It was the perfect storm, right? We potentially have a new MVP frontrunner with a guy that should have been in the MVP combination or conversation, excuse me, playing each other last night. We'll get to that next on Sportsmanlike ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Unsportsmanlike podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Unsportsmanlike live weekdays from 6 to 10 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch on ESPN2 and on ESPNU. Unsportsmanlike with Evan Canty and Michelle. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S dot com.